0: for like 30 minutes and go inside. But back like that said, we'll 30 minutes and go inside. And I still don't want that I have to finish my Hello Heavenly supporter, we sure are missing you. <clears throat> right? Okay, <clears throat> yes, we are. About time to move on this side of town. Okay. Hello, Carol. <clears throat> got it all stopped up all of a sudden. It's that fan. I got to turn that fan off. You can turn that little fan on there if you want. <clears throat> hello, Sharon Anderson. We need some of you guys to move to Oklahoma City. There's Sharon Davis and Jan. Hi, Jan. and Sharon. Everybody's jumping on so I can say hello to him. Rita. <laughs> I can't keep going. Or I can't start. So Hi, Glenda. We're glad all you guys are here. We appreciate you very much. Hope everybody had a Good uh, Independence Day celebration we did. We had a lot of fun, so now it's ready to get back on to having more fun the rest of our lives. So uh, I hope you're enjoying what we're teaching. I know many of you are, and uh, I I started Chapter 9 yesterday on my book on uh, Living or the Wisdom of the Single Eye, and uh, I titled today's lesson or this chapter on Solomon, the Hero of Wisdom. So we got somebody coming in, uh, Solomon the hero of wisdom and uh, because of Solomon's uh, discretion and his uh, understanding, I w- he's a very good example of a hero of wisdom. Uh, Solomon, The father spoke to Solomon in a dream and gave him some instructions and said he could ask for anything he wanted and he could have, but he asked for wisdom and knowledge and then he got everything and so i think wisdom and knowledge does not mean that you're going to get a whole pocket full of gold or a bank full of money or whatever but i think he tapped into his true supply where whatever was required for that day it was there and so i'm i'm very impressed by solomon i always have been and see the kingdom of god today is offered to solomon company of sons <clears throat> we can go through scripture and there's all kinds of companies of people but today I, we're talking about a solomon company And those are for those whom whom the mind of spirit is functioning. You know, we're always wanting to try to get our spirit to function, but our spirit is functioning all the time. What we have to do is tap in and allow uh, what the spirit is saying, what the spirit is doing to flow through us. So we're privileged to come into this awareness of our perfection from our our oneness with Father God. And I believe there's more and more people who are allowing the Holy Spirit to function in their life today. Uh, I hear the Holy. I hear Holy Spirit through the word they speak. I I, I read words that people write on Facebook, and I hear uh, Holy Spirit writing through them, if you would speaking through them. And so our heroic spirit is raising us up higher and higher, that we might be able to take the truthful word, uh, grind it out, make it palatable, and bring it to our world and bring it to the world at large. And that's the goal. We want to cover. The planet Earth, and I can't do that myself. But the greatest way to do that is we're sharing with more and more people, and it's the greatest multi-level marketing program there was. We teach two, they teach two, they teach two, and it's amazing how fast the truth can spread. And I think it is spreading that way. Uh, I I was thinking about Revelation 11:15, and I uh, I had tr- I translated it in my translations that I have. And it talked about it talks about how uh, well I'll just read it to you in the actual translation. Revelation eleven fifteen it says, and all the first in rank messengers with a perfect understanding will clearly speak as the voice of Holy Spirit, saying, the reign of this world are masters. And we already talked about how Father God gave us dominion over the earth, and that word dominion means master. So we are the masters over the earth, uh, over the world it's it's father and us as one so the reign of this world are masters as holy spirit Himself, and rulers of the earth and its inhabitants forever world without end now the way the king james translated it, it would be jesus coming back and doing that and that's what we read in a lot of the book of revelation it's like we're waiting for jesus to come back and do some things but this whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of who us, us the sons of god that's what scripture says and so only when we're fully aware that we're in union with Father God as masters of this planet, its inhabitants and its atmosphere and function that way, not for ourselves, as I pointed out in that video I did uh, July 3rd, but not for ourselves, but for the benefit of others, we will fully express our salvation. And that's what we want. It's, there, it's no good to be saved and not express it, not enjoy it. Uh, I was very young, I was a teenager during the Vietnam War, but uh, I think I was 16, 17, uh, no I was really 18 uh, when they begin, we began to really rescue people uh, from the uh, communist government over there. They were going to kill all of them. So America and I'm sure other countries I believe flew in with big, with big planes and loaded up people and brought them here and they were saved from impending destruction they were saved from this life that they were living most of them that was a tough life and so if they were saved from that and they came here but yet they just sat on their behindies and waited for somebody to do something all the time they would not experience their salvation right and i've said this for years of all the different uh races of people that's come to america in my opinion the vietnamese vietnamese people have impressed me the most Because they came, they didn't ask for government help. I'm sure they got some, but they didn't ask for government help, and they began to find jobs to do what they already knew how to do. If they didn't know how to do them, they went to college and got educated, and they're very educated people. And they have blessed, and they have literally become part of the United States of America. And I've talked to many of them, and they're proud to be Americans. They're not wanting to bring a Vietnamese culture to America, although it's okay, they have their culture, but they're not trying to change us. They have joined us, if you would. And that's what we want people to do. I don't want to go try to change people. When I talk about salvation, I'm not trying to change them. I want them to join us in finding out who we are and living out of who we are. And so this morning, I mean, last night, I thought, well, I heard what is saved and what is salvation? You know, a lot of people always wonder about that. And we were taught that saved means that we said a sinner's prayer. And as Joanne Paddock said, we got a ticket to heaven and we're not going to go to hell. Well, if there was a real hell, then that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? (laughs) You know, but there's more to it than that. Because I know thousands of people and, you know, probably thousands of people that have, quote, got saved and yet their life has been miserable. And they're and they're going through all these trials just like us. We all got saved. You know, I never walked the aisle and got saved. You know, I don't know why that happened, but I guess the Lord was just showing me that I I didn't have to when I was young. But we we've suffered sickness and disease and cancer. We've suffered loss of loved ones. We've suffered just like people that didn't get saved. Isn't that true? It really is. The church really hasn't been any different off than people. That's So we've got to figure out that saved and salvation is not what we think it is. And so I looked up all the Hebrew words and all the Greek words for the word saved. And I posted them on my Facebook page if anybody wants to go to the Roy E. Richmond one. And you can get them. I'll share them on my other pages later. But the first word is, uh, is kaya and it means to live and it means to revive to live and to revive. And the way God God created us with life inside of us, but man began to live as void of God's life. And so in in Jesus and what Jesus did, he came to revive us with truth. Not that we were dead, we were living as dead man, but he came to revive us with truth. And one of the words in what he did, it's called revivify. And it means bring us back to that place we already were. The next one is Yahshua, and it's properly to be open, wide, or free, and to be safe. Properly to be open, wide, or free, and to be safe. The next one is Malat, and it's to release or rescue or to bring forth you. In other words, who you really are. And then I like this one. it says, emit sparks. Remember when I shared with you guys that when... The sperm hits the egg in the mother's womb. There's a flash of light, and that's Holy Spirit. And I think this is what this is talking about. Literally, we emit the very spark of life that created from the beginning, and it never stopped. You know, to us, sometimes we'll see a spark, it'll burn, and then it just goes away, and we don't see it again. But the spark of life, the spark of spirit is continually to burn because the, the, one of the, the apostles, I think it was John, said that we are the true light of the world today. And so light continues and it doesn't burn out. The next one is not to, to solve. And that means preserve, recover, rescue or take out. And the next and then that comes from the, uh, uh, another word is 8104. I forgot to type which one the meet the word. But it says to hedge about, to guard, to protect and to attend to. How does our father do that? What he said from the foundation of the world never stops. When he spoke to the sun and he said, shine, is he doing anything to make it shine every day? Does he have to go light it every day? Does he have to have more fuel for it every day? No, it has always shined. And we have no idea how old the sun is because God is eternal. When he spoke, whatever he spoke into existence, it just is today man continues to reproduce and god doesn't have to do anything it's his life and it's his light that is perpetual and it never changes so i'm telling you family when god created man and he said take dominion that was forever and forever and forever he would never fire us from that he didn't need to come back tomorrow and say okay i want you to take dominion today and then the next day i want his word is forever and forever and forever you know, it reminds me when I went to work for Bob Mills, and I've told you guys this story many times, but I was the general manager, but I wasn't comfortable in that fact. I didn't feel confident in telling people what to do and, and when customers came with problems and, and telling them what I would do. So Bob had to bring me in after about a month and say, Roy, I want you to understand you are my general manager, and I feel like you're uncomfortable with that. And then he said, I want you to know that whatever you say, it's me saying it. You speak on my behalf. I give you the authority to make decisions and speak on my behalf. I give you the authority to go to market and spend money on my behalf because I trust you. And then if you do wrong, we'll discuss it and say it's better to do it this way and then you'll learn from that. And then from then on, I was the general manager and I functioned that way. We need to hear our fathers say what we've been teaching to us. that You don't understand that I made you masters over this planet and over the, the inhabitants, over the atmosphere, and get busy doing that. You can do it. And you're not going to make a mistake because I'm going to put the words in your mouth. And if you do? <laughs> But you won't once you know who you are because then you know you're not doing it to satisfy you. And see, that's the problem again is too many people want to go forth as masters for carnal reasons to Why? bless themselves. Mm-hmm. Then in the New Testament... The words for saved, and you're very familiar with this, is sozo. It's spelled S-O-Z-O, but it's pronounced with a D-E-S-O-D-E. Sozo, and it means safe, deliver, and protect. So we are safe. We were born safe. Like I said the last few weeks, we were born free. We were born protected. We were were born delivered. It's not something that has to take place. It's already there. And then there's uh, soteria and it means rescue or safety. And soteria comes from sotar, which means a deliverer. And then the next one is fulaso, and it means to watch, be on guard, and preserve. And then fulasio comes from p-h-u-l-e, which is fule, and it means offshoot, race, or clan. So literally, our salvation and us are being saved is because we are of the offshoot of God, we are the same race of God, and we are the clan. What's a clan? It's a family, right? <clears throat> and we're, we, we, we are, if, we, if this whole world could realize we are all the same race. Man is the one has made different races, but we're all the same race. We may have different color of skin, and basically our color of skin was based on where we lived in the world. Have you ever heard that? It really was. So we're the same clan. So we can experience then, I put all these words in a paragraph, so we can experience being revived from an old false way of living to live, so that we can be fully, uh, be fully open to our Holy Spirit with eyes wide open and experience freedom eternally. We are safe and have been eternally rescued and released to bring forth others in Father's image by us emitting the light of the glory that we are. We have a spiritual hedge of glory that guards us, protects us, and attends, uh, attends to us daily. We are able to bring great deliverance from the great lie of separateness to others and protect them with a truthful gospel. And our mandate, mission, and ministry is to be protectors and guards to all we minister to and cause them to know that they are the offshoot of Father God, all being one race and one clan. We are a savior to those who are not living with their spirit eyes wide open. We are heroes. We are leaders. We are stars that cause others to look up. Isn't that good? That comes from every one of those meanings of saved. And so heroes are, you know, I was going to ask Donna, what does a hero mean to you? And I was hoping she would be saying you, honey, <laughs> but I won't ask her. But heroes of one are ones of noble character. They're distinguished among men, and they are one who do not give up when they face great oppositions. Isn't that a hero? And so it matters not when they, what they speak or when they speak. It matters not that other people disagree with them. They have heard the truthful word with intelligence. Uh, they've heard the instructions of the voice of the Spirit, and they're able to stand in that, and they're able to repeat that clearly no matter what people say. They're not afraid of the faces of others. This comes from Jeremiah. They're not afraid of the faces of others because he puts words in their mouth and those words are in them. They are no longer children. They exist as master pastors, master teachers, and master guides after father's own feelings, will, intellect, and spirit. This is all scriptural. Every bit of this is. So what happens then if we function as a master at what we're doing? I was talking to Butch about this, I was talking to Kay about this, about what I taught on July 3rd, and I know it was strange to a lot of people, but there's some people on this planet that I believe that have mastered living out of their spirit, and uh, I've never met them, they could be over in the Middle East, This, this planet has been around a long, long time, and they've mastered living out of their spirit. And a master is like if Don Keithley in the, in the college and we award somebody a master's degree in biblical studies. What would the knowledge you think those people would have? Wouldn't they have mastered the Bible? Wouldn't they have a thorough understanding and of course most of the time it will be a thorough understanding of the King James Version but many of us professors are showing the correct translation but they would have mastered that. Uh, Carl uh, Smith, I, 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 he, builds, he works on houses. He has quite a few houses that he rents. And I think he's a master builder, don't you? He can do anything he needs to do. My dad was a master clock repairman, one of the few left that was around 35 years ago. If he couldn't find a part, he knew how to make a part. He had a lathe, he could make the gears, he could do anything he wanted to do. And my dad was a master of that. Well, I want to be a master of living out of the cool of the day. I am that, and you are that, but I want to be that in experience, not for me, but for others. I want to be able to go to people and minister clearly to them, and if they want to receive, and if they're able to receive, then they're going to receive whatever it is they they think they need, and it's going to wake them up. Just because you know something doesn't mean you're going to be able to cause other people to believe, but I do believe that we will be attracted to people who are ready. Don't you? Haven't you ever experienced that? And they will be attracted to us. I, I, I'm saying this in the end, but I want to get so much where I allow my light to shine that when I come in the presence of people, they have this sense that they, they've experienced a God. And they wanna know more about it. And they want to be around you more. And that's when we're able to help people. So people will bow down in understanding before Father's authority when this undeceitful word is spoken through master teachers and master ministers and master helpers and whatever it is God has called you to do. And I keep saying master because the Bible says we're masters over this planet and we can do that with no skill. Uh, We declare the word dominant and victorious over every condition and every circumstance in people's lives. And that's why we speak the word. For it is the word that makes us heroic. It's the word that makes us fearless. And it makes us giants in the lands where people have a grasshopper mentality. It really does. When you know truth. And again, I feel like I know quite a bit. But there are people that I try to go to and try to give them little nuggets and try to share to them. And they they can't hear. They don't want to hear. But I say again, there are plenty of people out there that do want to hear. I believe Tree of Life Fellowship, we can have more people than we have coming. And what I'm, I'm hearing is I need to be willing to go out and find them, be willing to go out and share with them. The problem is, is we get so familiar with what we do that we don't want to invite other people. And we should be. We really should be. Because what are we here for? Are we here just for ourselves, Lottie? We're not, are we? We shouldn't be. We used to be. We used Most of us used to go to church, and if it wasn't just because you had a need, many people go there just for fellowship. I was talking to Donna about some of the people that used to go here, and they go to other places now that aren't teaching anything what we're teaching. They're still teaching the old, but they love the fellowship, and that's what they're going for. Well, I agree with fellowship, but you need, you need to learn. You, you, need to, you, need, you need to continue to grow in what you know, so you can be a blessing to others and i pray that for them and i pray that for ourselves. joshua was probably one of the greatest heroes that we hear about in the bible joshua was an example of a heroic leadership now moses he was a hero but also moses had a wrong perception of god a great wrong perception of god and he did a lot of things that he blamed on god when he wrote the pentateuch he would write down, God told him to do this, and God did this, and God did all this stuff, when really Moses and his fear and the fear of the other people brought that on their selves. You ever feared something you literally brought it on yourself? I have many times, and I won't tell my stories over and over, but literally I have brought things into my life because I had a fear. And so Moses led the children of Israel into the desert, And because of their fear, and because of their misunderstanding of God, they were on a 40-year journey when it should have took just three days and three nights. Can you imagine that? And how many of us could say, because of our fear, we've been on a long, long journey without knowing who we are, and we've suffered the consequences for it? I think everybody on here can say that themselves. So Egypt is a type of what? Anybody remember when we taught you should remember it's a type of the world it's type of carnality if you would living uh, under the sun and so god brought the people out but see and, and moses brought the people out but joshua led them into the promised land and what's the promised land for us is it heaven a planet called heaven no is it jesus like we were taught because when we grew up and began to learn the, the finished work of the cross, we were taught that Jesus is our promised land. But Jesus is not our promised land. Our promised land is living out of the cool of the day. That's what where God, God put man. He put him in the spirit. He didn't put him just here on the earth and say, make it on your own and live like you do, live carnally, live, not been able to communicate with me. He put men and created man as spirit. And he, if you're spirit, then you may have access to the spirit realm, if you would to the cool of the day. So these master heroes, if listened to with intelligent, will lead people into man's promised land. And that promised land is living out of the cool of the day. Now, Jesus' work was fabulous. Jesus, I say, and I agree, was the master. He was the greatest master teacher there ever was. Many people taught before. Prophets taught their perception of God. Uh, People that God would call and do certain things, they could only minister out of their understanding of what God said because they were not spirit. And most of them followed directions pretty good, but they still added to it. But Jesus followed Father God's voice perfectly. And he was the greatest master teacher there was. And one of the things he did is he cast the prince of the earth out. The Bible says now is the prince of this earth cast out. And most people thought that was a devil, but it was not. The prince of the earth, all people were prince. We are the prince of this earth. We are the masters of this earth. And Father God, I guess you could say Father God is king. But the Bible says also we're royal kings. So who was in charge of the earth at the time that Jesus was here? that earth at that time, the Jews, right? The Roman empire. Okay. Huh? The law. law. That was the master of the law doing to be. And Jesus cast that out by revealing its falsity and revealing that it's nothing but a dead work. And he destroyed that and did away with that. He never killed people, you know, and it wasn't Adam like I used to teach that Adam was the prince of this earth because now we know that death, did not pass, that death did not enter all of us. We are not of the first man, Adam. We are of God, correct? But Lottie, we were taught for many years, we we're of the first man, Adam. And that's how they kept us feeling like we were just sinners. But we are not. We were always of God. My children, I have three children. They have all done certain things, uh, you know. And so because of things that they've done or, or whatever, we say we're of our dad and we're of our mom, but the truth is, they're not of us, they are of God. Because God is the only true Father. And what if I tell you that the Bible says in Genesis 1, that God created man, male, and female to recreate who? Him. Not, not Roy. I, they're not, that. They, yeah, they look like me, but they're literally the image of God. And we all are. And so he delivered us from this prince of the earth, which was uh, affected by mythological beliefs, by paganistic belief. The religious leaders from Adam to Jesus' earth walk. And sadly, even though he did away with it, men continue to live under princesses that rule with a carnal mindset. They continue to choose to do that. And the majority of people believe Jesus is their Joshua. And they believe Jesus is going to come back and deliver them from the bondages of living as kernel and then translate them into the kingdom of heaven, right? Because we believe that too, and that's what the majority do. So man has been living by the power of this thought and belief far too long. And it's literally, as we said last week, it's high time we wake up. And it's high time we who have understanding are willing to go out and help people wake them up. So this is a great awakening. There is a great awakening taking place today. And there are now many people are living out of their release and they're living out of the power uh, of the Holy Spirit that's within them. And they're realizing that they are the prince of this earth and that uh, they uh, will function as the master of the earth out of a perfect character and under direction of the voice of Holy Spirit. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to live out of our perfect character. And we know what's perfect and what's not perfect. We know what lines up with our spirit or our Christ's life and what's not. And so what we have to do is we have to daily be aware of our thoughts. In other words, put a guard over our ear what we hear, a guard over our eye what we see, and a guard over our mouth what we say. And again, it is, it's something that we have to practice every day. Just like I say, if you're going to lift weights, one time lifting a five-pound weight is not going to build a muscle. I wish it would. (laughs) Just like eating one piece of broccoli is not going to bring nutrition to your body. You've seen the commercials where they do that all the time. It's a constant diet on that which is good and that which is edifying and that which is holy. It's a constant feeding on that. And it can't be just one day a week. And too many people are just one day a week. And I'm just telling you, there's so much out there. Kay Fairchild has hundreds of videos on YouTube, on Facebook. I have hundreds of videos on YouTube and Facebook. And there's other ministers that do that. We can literally every day feed on on truth and take notes and study it and look it up in the scripture. And before you know it, you are the voice of one. But before you know it, that voice is going to start shouting louder and louder and louder. And... As it flows through you, it cleanses you of everything that's not edifying to your body, edifying to your mind. It removes all the lies that are up in your brain. So, this awakening is powerful. Uh, I found in uh, verse 1 of Zechariah chapter 4, it's very interesting. It, I, if, I don't know if you want to turn there or not, but I'm just going to read one verse. Well, I'll read a couple more, but it'll be my translation. But it says, and the messenger, master, that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that was awakened out of his sleep. And that just really got my attention. And the messenger that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that was awakened out of his sleep. Isn't that what that needs to happen? We need messengers to come to us and wake us as a man or woman that is awakened out of his sleep. So all through the Bible it talks about awake, to, be, to wake up. And in other words, Zachariah was asleep. Then what do we mean by asleep? He wasn't in a bed, but he was asleep to the things of God. He couldn't understand spiritual things just like we haven't been able to. Right. How many have understood everything that you've ever read in the Bible? What percentage of it would you say you don't understand or didn't understand? The majority? 90%. 90%. So well, i'm talking about before i'm talking about before, before we thought we knew. yeah my friend melanie was over yesterday and she got all my books and she was telling me she said I, I i've got to read this because the bible i don't read the bible anymore it doesn't make sense to me and that's sad because the bible is the only word that we have but we have the living word inside of us and once we tap into the living word we become the word once we allow the Spirit of God, I mean, we already are the Word, but we come it in, in manifestation and an experience. But once we understand these things, then we can look at the Bible and we can say, well, that doesn't fit with the love of God, and then we can begin to grind it out. And guess what? Holy Spirit can lead you down that path. I think we do have the box top. To we the do. Puzzle. We've got the box top to the puzzle. You know? that's right yeah. brother garner uh, with his perception and he he taught appalling revelation uh, in a great way that helped us all come up a little higher and i taught it too after him because i learned it from him but we taught penal substitution but he was saying that we we have a, a box uh, full of puzzle pieces but we didn't have the box top and so as we studied the bible Things didn't fit, but we tried to make them fit. If you ever put a puzzle together, you can take a piece that looks like it fits and you can push it in there, but it distorts the whole image. And that's what we did. We would push things in here. But see, he said that Jesus was the box top. But Jesus was not the box top. Jesus was here to reveal the box top, and the box top is who we are, who Jesus was. That's the box top. It's our union with God. It's man and God as one. You know, I, I really, it saddens me when I go particularly to, uh, quote, Christian bookstores and stuff, and I look and I see these pictures that they show the image of Jesus, and people are always worshiping that image. I go to people's homes, and they have that famous picture of Jesus on their wall, where that box top needs to be God and man just literally overlaid with one another and one. That's what we need to see, and when you see that. And that everybody is righteous and everybody is holy and righteous just means right wise with god it doesn't mean you do right things all the time you know i had somebody ask me about that how can you say everybody's righteous when they're not doing things well my child is is 100 of me and my wife but sometimes they don't do right things but they're still one with me there's nothing can separate my children from my love and I'll tell you, I've been tried sometimes, and I can, they can't. My grandchildren are of me, and there will be nothing they could do that could separate me from our love. So how much more is our Father that is, that's spiritual? I, I don't say in heaven how much more that our Father is spirit, and spirit is nothing but love. And so we need to see that. So this messenger was a man that has mastered living in the cool of the day. That's who this messenger was. It was a man that has mastered living in the cool of the day and he stepped out of the realm of spirit and I would say he probably was in one place and he translated and brought his body with him to another place and that should not be hard for people to understand because as I said on July 3rd Jesus translated Philip when he was uh, baptizing the eunuch he translated and took his body with him Enoch translated and took his body with him he did not see physical death And I'm telling you, I believe this. If the Bible was translated properly and we looked at the book of Acts, we can see that they did some mighty supernatural things. And they did. They brought healing to people. They brought people back to their right mind. And that really is not supernatural. That's just normal. Supernatural should be our normal life. The other life we're living is not supernatural. It's not normal. normal. Supernatural is normal. We should not be shocked when somebody went to a hospital and ministered to somebody and they got up and walked out. But what do we do? We go, oh my God, you've got to hear what happened. And the reason why is because it doesn't happen enough. But if it happened all the time, more and more and more, it would just be normal. Right? It would be the real normal. So he translated to Zechariah because time and distance was no longer a hindrance to him. Isaiah was not physically asleep, as I said, but this master opened his spiritual eye and his spiritual ear to see and hear divine direction. But as the conversation goes on, it takes a while because he shows him some things and he sees a golden candlestick and he sees other things. And then he said, what do you see? And he said, I don't know. And then he begins to explain it to him. See, a master can explain things to you. So that's where we want to get to. So. We know this is true because, again, he asked him, and he, he did not understand the divine spiritual meaning, and that's what we need to know in the Bible is the divine spiritual meaning. So, then he, the master messenger explained that these things cannot be understood, and you can see in the Bible it says, by physical, carnal, or earthly might and power, but we learn and understand and live by our spirit, saith the Lord to all people. And I paraphrase that. But that's how we learn. It's not by might. It's not by physical power. It's not by Bible college, which I'm not against Bible college. But I think you need ministers that are masters in the word. I don't want to go to Bible college where people are teaching the same old, same old thing that's been taught all my life. Uh, People send me, ask me to get books. They ask me to listen to ministers. And when I listen a little bit or or I read about the book on the Internet, I say, no, I, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear somebody that is a master in what they do and what they teach. Remember the Tower of Babel? Yes. What does Babel mean? Confusion. Confusion, that's right. The Tower of Babel pictures uh, is a picture of many languages that brought great confusion. And see, we have a Tower of Babel today on the earth. It's called religion. It's called Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Pentecost, Buddhas, Islam. Everybody's preaching something different. Everybody's still preaching their version of God. I've said this many times to people, and they look shocked at first, but they agree. We have all kinds of gods in the world. The Baptist people have their God. Pentecostal have their God. Assembly God has their God. Non-denominational has their God. In Christ people have their God because we still have some kind of different version of God. And so it brought, they built it, uh, and they, it said it was built from the earth upward upward they were trying to get to God if you would so it was built upward and it caused a great fall because when you're always trying to build something upward to exalt man it's not going to work it never does the best of carnal ideas that you can come up with uh, all it's going to do is produce a shaky foundation and i've been around a lot of fellowships where they have board meetings and they're always coming up with these ideas of how to get more people to come how to do this how to do that and it always fails because it's not downward what they're doing in other words they're not gleaning from the cool of the day they're not receiving wisdom and knowledge from god preachers and board members need to study solomon they need to see how wisdom and knowledge is how they're going to grow whatever it is they're growing and we're not supposed to be growing uh uh, denominations. We're not supposed to be growing big churches. We're supposed to be growing people up. And like brother Garner said, it's, they, they, all used to talk about how many people they had in the church. And he said, it's like collecting pop bottle tops. One guy has a thousand, one guy has 500. Somebody comes along and says, what are you doing with those? I'm collecting them. But what are you doing with them? I'm just collecting them. And that's what he said a lot of times about our churches. Well, I'm glad you have a thousand people, but what are you doing with them? You're just collecting them. You're trying to get them to be faithful in the church, but you're not growing them up. And they need to grow up. What would we do if we sent our kids to school, to grade school, or to uh, high school, and they were constantly making Fs? And we checked with the other parents, and their kids were constantly making Fs we would find out what the teachers teach them. We would go sit in there and listen to them. And if they're just playing around and they're shouting and they're hollering and they're singing and they're falling down and ring around the rosy and all that all day long and they're in sixth grade and they're in high school, we would do something about that. We would take our children out and get them in a different school system. And the same thing with college. And I just say this, you need to go and find out what those professors are teaching your children they're not teaching them godly things i'm not saying all professors but it's a tough thing going on today it's a shaky foundation so the the holy spirit is always what the holy spirit or what our holy spirit gives us all knowledge and all wisdom it's from above it does not come through carnal understanding meaning the cool of the day and it holy spirit wisdom is a sure foundation it's a sure foundation so I was thinking about the Lord's Prayer again, what people call the Lord's Prayer today and, or last night. And we're all very familiar with that wrongly titled Lord's Prayer. It was not the Lord's Prayer. It was Jesus showing us how we should converse with God, how we should constantly be thankful for what we have and who we are. If you want the Lord's Prayer, does anybody know where that's found? John John chapter 17. That, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate that. I just really felt prompted to translate that and teach that someday, soon. But that was the Lord's Prayer. But Matthew 6, 9 through 12 is not the Lord's Prayer. It is the prayer Jesus taught man to converse with Father God. Not to pray and ask for anything. We were always taught that prayer is asking for, somebody, for something, right? But the word pray is just like the word worship. It means to ascertain and seek and desire to know not to get what do we need to know more of who we are more of our father so Jesus went into a mountain with his disciples and there was a great multitude of people around him and this is where he taught quite a bit in Matthew and he sat down and he did something he opened his mouth what does it mean when you sit down well you know when we talk about quick and raised and seated What does the word seated mean a position of what rest. yeah when you sit down you came in here to rest if you were standing for an hour and listening to me it wouldn't be very comfortable with it and so you're at rest so we need to do what jesus did we need to at rest open our mouth and teach because if we're not rest with god what we teach is not going to be god and so he sat down he opened his mouth he taught them And again, it's high time that we open our mouth and teach the undeceitful gospel. But this is what he said when I translated, And this is the conversation uh, that Jesus, our great master, that understood all spiritual matters. He said, this is how you should talk with God. Father, we are one in perfect rest. As you are spirit, we are spirit. Holy and pure is our nature. Your nature is apparent in and as us. Our righteousness was caused to be from the foundation, by your determination, decree, and proposed by you. In that same manner, from the foundation, it is eternally true of everyone. That which is daily required is supplied. Our substances are bestowed day after day. In other words, whatever is required, it's just there. Also, you send forth our belief of needing to appease you In the same manner, we send forth that sense of needing of others to appease us. I'm telling you, if you need this, I'll send it to you. Ask me for it. If you guys need it, we can print it off today. But this is something that we need to practice conversing to our Father. You want it. (laughs) Okay, well, remind me when we get done. But if we just read it and, and get it in our heart, then that will control all of our other conversations. I'm not saying you had to say this to God over and over and over, but why not until it's really inside of you. Then from then on, once you grasp this and it becomes a revelation, you're never going to ask Father for anything again. You're never going to say, I need this or I need that, because you understand right here, this tells you who you are and what Father has done eternally in your life. You want me to read it again? Cause see the way they translated it was an idea that we had trespasses against god and we need to ask god to forgive us and we need to ask god for our daily bread right we were taught to pray that way and so we every day we prayed for bread you know And i'm gonna tell this story because i believe the lord helped me tap into mastering the cool of the day i've told it a hundred times or more but when don and i were young and in, in the middle 70s i guess it was uh, we, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't make a lot of money. And so we went to church and just before we went to church, Donna said, we need some bread to have with our meal when we go home. Well, I didn't have the money to buy any bread at that time. And, uh, so I was down praying and I just said, father, and I was praying for money. Of course, I said, father, help me get to the place where when my wife asks for something. I have the funds to do it. And I got there, and I'm so thankful I did. There were some times several years later where we weren't rich physically, but we were rich. We tapped in. But So it was just a simple prayer. I didn't think much about it. And so we left the church, and we drove down Southwest 55th, east to May, and we drove north to Southwest 44th. And when we stopped at the stoplight, I looked out there, and sitting in the middle of the road was a loaf of Roman meal bread. And that's the bread that we always bought. And it was hot and it was warm. And I went and picked it up and said, thank you, Father. And I had no understanding of true supply, but I believe that that was divinely placed there by Father God. And you can say it fell off the top of a cart. I don't care if it did or not. (laughs) It was. That's irrelevant, it's it's just, it was Father showing me at a very young age that I had a true supply and that I would never lack for anything. And then it took until 1996, 20 years, 20 years, 1996 for a a situation of me losing a a high-paying job. And I'm 25 and I'm crying, driving down the highway and my spirit began to sing, I surrender all. And it made me mad. (laughs) And I asked, why am I doing this? And then Father began to speak to me about true supply. And I still didn't understand it. But he told me that if I would let go of my talent and my treasure and my ability and all my, 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 me, myself and I, I wish I would have known that, that I would never lack for money the rest of my life. And I wasn't dumb. (laughs) I said, okay. And I began to cry and began to talk to my father. And from that point on, from 1996 to today, we have never lacked for anything. We've never not been able to pay our bills. And again, I say, if you looked at my savings account, you say you don't have enough the last two or three months. But my savings account is not my supply. My house is not my supply. My Social Security is not my supply. Do you realize our Social Security could go away? I don't believe it's going to. But I'm just saying, the minute you make that your supply, then that causes all kinds of tribulation in your life. The minute you make your investments your supply and the stock market crashes, what's going to happen to you? depression fear and people commit suicide and they have so I, I just think this is awesome and i'm going to read it again for you father we are one huh this is the place, this of, place. Is the place this is of rest instead of fear. that's right and that's what it says right off the bat this is what this is what i speak uh, father we are one in perfect rest as you are spirit we are spirit Holy and pure is our nature. Your nature is apparent in and as us. Our righteousness was caused to be from the foundation by your determination, decree, and purpose by you. In that same manner from the foundation, it is eternally true of everyone. That which is daily required is supplied. I am telling you, you don't have to have a million dollars. Yeah, I'm not saying if you have it, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with having money. But you've got to get to whether you have a little or whether you have a lot. Neither one is your supply. If you have a little, it matters not. If you understand this, that your needs are met day to day. They're supplied. How are they supplied? Is God looking at you and saying, oh, let's send Norma some money or whatever? They were supplied from the foundation of the world. Everything in this planet that is required for physical life is here. God doesn't have to create more oxygen, and God doesn't have to create more water. God does not have to create more food for us, it's all here. And guess what, it's never going to go away. The naysayers are just like religious-minded people. They're trying to make us fear so we we have to give them money to solve the problem, and there is no problem, right? And every time we send money to government to do something, what is it, it's wasted. So our substance are bestowed day after day. Also, you send forth our belief of needing to appease you. How did he do that? He sent some master teachers into our life to explain that the Bible was mistranslated, that Moses had a misperception and all the bloody sacrifices and all the circumcisions and all the killings was from man, not God. And even Jesus dying was from man, not God. And i tell you, that's been sent forth in our life, hasn't it? We don't have to appease God. And in the same manner, we send forth a sense of needing of others to appease us. In other words, I release everything, everybody from everything that they think they've done that would separate them and me. And I've had people tell me for years, I don't know why you're still fellowshipping with these people. They've turned their back on you. They speak against you. They tell people not to listen to you. I love them. I don't, it's always been me, hasn't it, Donna? I've always, I, I just believe it's been my preparation to be who I am today. But there, there have been some horrible things said about me and done to me, but I still love those people and I'll never quit loving them. I consider them my friends. And that's, to me, that's that, that nature that over, overrode what I could have done. So if we can converse what the great master Jesus taught us with our father, if we can't do that then we're going to never agree with our father the bible says without faith in what jesus revealed to us it's impossible to agree with god so we've got to understand what the great master jesus revealed to all of us to where we can agree with god and so we are if you would we are new jerusalem we are zion we are the, the masters that minister out of the heavenly which is the cooler day. We came out from Father God as we were with Father before the world was. you understand that? We were, because we're one. And so we are the products of Father's hands. We are the eternal abode of Father God. And when Jesus said, In my Father's house there are many abodes, he's talking about people. He's not talking about mansions up in heaven. There are many abodes, and I go to prepare a place that where I am, you will be there also. Where was he? he was a master. He lived out of the cool of the day. He stood on planet earth. We think that he was in heaven somewhere on a planet and he's going to prepare mansions for us. And we have foolishly believed that. And we were children. We were believing in fairy tales, right? But he said, I'm going to go to a place. So what he's, what he was doing, he said, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the judgment of this world. I'm going to enter into what the Jews want from me, and I'm going to let them kill me. But before they kill me, I'm going to receive into myself all the mistaken identity of every person. I'm going to receive into myself everything that's ever hindered and introduced people. I'm going to reveal to you that the law of do to be is a lie, and I'm going to take that into myself, and it's going to die in me. And he was willing to do that. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is the quick and raised and seated. When Jesus, the great master, came back out of that grave with his body, with his body, he was showing to us that God would never leave man where they were at. He was showing to us that death, physical death, has no power over us. Sickness and disease has no power over us. But we didn't see it. But now we are. So... We are the city, John saw coming down to affect the earth. In other words, we have experienced the heavenly. We literally have, we, we who are waking up, we who are feeding on the true man, literally we have translated to spirit. You think you've never translated, I'm telling you you have, because you're there anyways, but in awareness we have translated to spirit, and we have received things which is spiritual, but I believe that we are getting to the point where we're just not gonna leave that awareness, we're just gonna stay in that awareness all the time. Why is it when we walk out of the door from a teaching that we sink right back down into the world, into carnal stuff, because that's what we think is normal and we're used to it, but I say no more. I say it's time for us to say I am not sinking into those kind of conversations. I'm not going to sink into those kind of fears. I'm not going to listen to what the news media tells me that might bring fear over my life. I, by faith, I am going to stay in the cool of the day. Don't you want to do that? Yes. But, but the truth is we're there already. So I'm just saying stay in awareness of that because Paul says that if there's anything worth thinking on, think on these things. What things? Spiritual things. Cool of the day things. Heavenly things. So, uh, I put down here, I know what I write and I know what I say causes people's eyebrows to go up. Uh, my wife's eyebrows go up quite often sometimes when I say some things, and, but then she understands them. But what we should have done is raise our eyebrows to all that stuff we were taught by teachers who taught the knowledge of good and evil. That's what we should have done. The day that they said you were a sinner, you should have raised your eyebrows. What do you mean I'm a sinner? But we identify with that because we through osmosis believed that everything that we did made us a sinner. We never heard that so, I'm still redeemed. So, I'm still holy. I mean, it was so foolish, really. It would be like my grandchildren spilling milk and I tell them they had to come and repent and ask me to save them again, that they lost their salvation. If my grandchild poops in their pants, then I punish him for it because that's how it was. That's how we thought our father was and it was not. So I know without a shadow of doubt that we can and we will live supernatural. I know without a shadow of doubt that we have experienced supernatural things in all of our lives. When we master living out of the cool of the day as Holy Spirit, and out of the unforced rhythms of life that I taught, and out of knowing that I'm Holy Spirit, and then We will do so when we learn the wisdom of the single eye, which we're teaching today. I told Donna today, I'm so excited. These three books are going to be a trilogy. I'd like to get them where they're in a cardboard container where all three books are inside of there. But I think when people grasp hold of this, including me, then we're going to have we're going to function in a position of confidence and a confidence in what Jesus decided and decreed and declared from the foundation of the world. Ma'am. What? Oh, the fan? You want me to turn the fan on? Okay. You can say it. (laughs) It's all right. So we do this in a position of rest, and what will happen, it will cause us to see things uh, that seem to be not that they are. Does that make sense? See see things that seem to be not that they are. I thought I turned that off. There it is. All right. So what is it that you see that seem to me not? Well, my health, right? Uh, Finances. Uh, I don't have somebody that I'm in a relationship that can give me love. I mean, the list can go on and on. And we see those that are not in our mind, but yet they are. In other words, you are whole, you are healthy. Your real body is not sick who you are because see we are not spirit soul and body right we were taught that we are we are one we're one just as God is one and so how can I say my body's sick when my spirit is whole because my spirit and my body are one how can I say that I have a mental problem when my brain and my spirit are one it's all one so all it is is false perception, sickness, and disease. It's just the absence of light. And there again, we have to let our light shine on us too. See, and, and see, we know already that our needs, are, are like Don and I, we know without a shadow of doubt that we will never lack for finances the rest of our life. Well, why don't we know that we'll never lack for health the rest of our life? And so what we're doing is we're pressing in, And we're learning and we're realizing that God is my health. God is everything to me. And if God is my Holy Spirit's everything to me, then I'm perfect in every part of my being. I'm perfect. And like I told you a week or so ago, when creation took place inside of us, there was a cell that reproduced perfect and four more that reproduced perfect. Eight more reproduced perfect. 16 perfect. 32 were perfect. 64 were perfect, a hundred and, excuse me, I can always say that now I can't, 128 was perfect, right? And it just goes on and on. I can do it to a million if you want to hear it. So I asked the question again, when did they stop becoming perfect? They are perfect. It's what we see that's become an illusion to us. It's not real. And you can't go to people that's dying with cancer and say that's not real. But the truth is, we have, we have seen with a physical, natural eyes, and we've, we, whatever we see with those eyes, we perceive that to be real. Now, I'm not saying like a lot of people say that these walls aren't real, and the buildings, they're all real, but it's our perception that's not real. People go to places I go to, and they don't see beauty, I see beauty. The mountains are beautiful to me. The ocean's beautiful to me. When I go and I see people, they're beautiful to me. I remember when we went to San Francisco and we saw people, they were not beautiful because I had a false perception. I saw them in the gutter. I saw them, the lies that they were living. I saw the the, the holes in their arms for needles going and all that. And I saw with my carnal eyes. But, I, but I'm telling you, my carnal eyes that I've had are becoming spiritualized. And now, everywhere I go, whoever I see, I see beauty. I see beauty everywhere. And then we need to see beauty in us, Norman. That's our problem. We don't see beauty. We start aging and we look in the mirror. Oh, I want my youth back, you know. And we see young people. I wish I could be like them again. Well, I don't. I want to be who I am, but I want to see myself for who I am. Because if you don't see yourself for who you are, then you won't present yourself as holy and pure. And clean to everyone else and you can tell a person that sees themselves well they stand upright their heads upright, and they they present themselves Melanie Melanie presents herself as a teenager <laughs> she came in here uh, the other day to get my books and after she left I said to Donna I love Melanie every time I get around her she makes me smile she makes me laugh she laughs and laughs and laughs and she just she radiates that and that's a powerful thing so once we do this, I'm almost done here. Once we do this, we discover the source of all goodness, all strength, all power and perfect union with our father, God. We will know that God is in the deepest part of our being. That's so powerful to know that, that God is in my deepest, part. wherever I go, God is there because I'm one with God. Yes. You can't be separate from God. No matter what you do the Bible says if you ascend up into the heavens like flying an airplane <laughs> that's what I would say if you go up in an airplane 33,000 feet in the air or if you send to the very center of the earth or if you're in the worst hell of your life nothing's going right God's there and God's always there and if we could tap into that there will be no worst hell of our life. We never will be out of, we'll be right where we're supposed to be. We'll be walking in the cool of the air, whether we're in a mountaintop, whether we're in a canyon, whether we're over in, in China, wherever we're at, we'll be walking as the image of God. and we walk walking for perfect peace. About salvation? salvation? Yeah. I'll print that out for you. I can't go back to that right now. It's salvation is not getting saved. Salvation is living out of what God, how God created us from the beginning. It's our perfectness, if you would. It's our perfection. So we'll realize that only in consciousness has there been a separation right there in our, in our thinking process. That which we, have, we, that which we thought to be two, just our spirit and our body, have, we've seen to be two. We realize that it's one. We've prayed to a God out there right the very fact that we did that we saw ourselves as separate from God and we even prayed for Holy Spirit to come and so we thought we were separate from Holy Spirit and all that is a religious lie so by having this realization brought to us we contact the divine mind we contact our spirit within inside of us and so we we reconceive what God already conceived in us. That's really what born again means. Like Kay said, it means to remember who you are. So we, uh, to conceive something is to understand something, right? So we reconceive, in other words, we don't conceive what religion taught us anymore. We reconceive what God conceived inside of us and it is a gift to us and it belongs to us. So by contacting our spirit mind, we think as Holy Spirit. We live as Holy Spirit and we know ourselves as we are in reality rather than as we have been taught. We no longer live with a mistaken identity. So it's my desire uh, to help all I teach. And those I pass by in my life, I want to edify them with a truthful gospel. It's my desire to live as a master. I want to live as a master, and I want you to too. I want to know so much of who we are and I want to live out of the cool of the day so much, that when there is a need, I can perform that need. Not for me, but for you. And the problem is, like I said on July 3rd in that teaching, too many people have tapped into this and they did things for them. They tried to build great ministries and they tapped into parts of it like stirring people up to receive their healing or whatever, and I don't mock them. But they built great ministries and massed great amounts of money and everything else where people had to give to get it. I've said so many times why do I have to travel to Dallas, Texas to a great coliseum to see a man that can heal me when I can sit right here in my home and make a withdrawal out of my spirit? And I say this if you function in what's called a healing ministry, why don't you go to rest homes? Why don't you go to hospitals? I asked a minister that about Brother Garner when he was dying with Alzheimer's and he was putting on Facebook out all kinds of people been healed and they were doing that old fashioned temp thing and they showed wheelchairs and all kinds of stuff. And I called him and I said, Pastor, if that's happening, why don't you come and heal Brother Garner? And his answer was, well, we're praying for him. And I said, no, you didn't pray for those people. I said, why don't you come here and lay hands if you have that kind of faith? And he brother Garner. He said, like I said, Roy, we're praying for him. And he hung up. See, so that's a disgrace. And I love that person. And, 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 I, and I respect people because they're ministering out of where they are. But it, honest to God, if, if you have that power to do what you say you're doing, go to hospitals, go to rest homes, go to people's homes where they're praying and asking God for healing and go heal them. Don't minister to them. But but we don't want to use this power for our glory. We don't want to use this supernatural, the very supernatural spirit of God to bring anything to us. And that's, I, I believe that whatever we do, we do it for other people. And that's what Jesus did. Did Jesus mass create amounts of money? Did he have them build a temple that they had to come see him and stand in line? No. He went among who? The people. All people. Not just people that went to the synagogue, he wasn't even welcome in the synagogue at all. They didn't want him there at all. So I pray that when people experience me and you in any way that they know that they've been in the presence of the Father embodied in us. And again, I close with this, Romans 13:11. And that knowing the time that now it's high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than what we believed. So I'm gonna post on my Facebook. I've already posted the uh, Greek and Hebrew words. I'll post on there as soon as I get done the, uh, the, the conversation that we're to have with God that was called the, the Lord's Supper and it was not. So we appreciate all of you guys being with us and thank you for here for being with us. Uh, I just wanna say if you live in Oklahoma City, in our Oklahoma City area, we would love for you to come be with us. We need a few more warm bodies in our congregation not for money, not to build anything. We meet in our home. But if you live here, I, I believe we have a truth that will help make people free. And you need to be equipped with that, not just watching the video, because we need to be together. And so give me a call. My number is 2040713. And we would love for you to be part of us. We go out to eat afterwards. The last Sunday a month, we buy everybody's meal. And we're just about having fun. So God bless you. Thank you for being with us.